This is Archive Atlanta, episode 213, Teen Taverns. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So this week's mini episode idea came from my friend Cynthia, who stumbled across the mention of teen taverns and immediately sent it to me because I am the collector of random history facts. No, no, in all seriousness, um, it was, I was instantly fascinated. It led me into an entire rabbit hole about the rise of post-World War II teenagers, their kind of trials and tribulations of this new label and how they organized recreation spaces for themselves. The word teen or teenage today is part of our lexicon, but that wasn't the case less than 100 years ago. The first use of adolescence appeared in the 15th century, came from a Latin word, which was adolescere, probably saying that wrong, Um, and that meant to grow up or to grow into maturity. But it really wasn't until 1904 that it became a psychological term used to describe new development phase that really came about due to social changes of the 20th century. And there are several factors that led to this, one of them being the rise of compulsory schooling combined with the tightening of child labor laws. So in the past, many children went right from childhood into adulthood, in a sense, like, you know, they're eight years old and they're joining the workforce. And so it's really this post-World War II period in America. It's one of prosperity. Um, Young adults don't have to go to work. High school attendance is skyrocketing, and teenagers are developing their own culture. They have their own music, you know, they have their own clothes, they're into cars. And that was really one of the things, too, is the rise in car ownership allowed these teenagers to have geographic freedom that they hadn't had before. Like any new cultural shift, the older generations were scared and confused by these newfangled teens. Lots of articles on, you know, what they're doing and why they're doing it and how to explain life to them. And something really funny that I found was in 1945, the New York Times published an article um, titled A Teenage Bill of Rights. Now, it was written by the Jewish Board of Guardians, and it was meant to be for all teens. And it listed 10 simple points conveying young people's rights. I'm going to list them because I thought it was great. So they include the right to let childhood be forgotten, the right to a say about his own life, the right to make mistakes and find out for himself, the right to have rules explained, not imposed, the right to have fun and companions, the right to question ideas, the right to professional help whenever necessary, and the right to struggle towards his own philosophy of life. And so that leads us to teen taverns. The first teen taverns in Atlanta appeared during World War II, but the YMCA had been actively planning youth programming years prior. So what ends up happening is that you have an entire group of people, boys and girls, they are too young for adult clubs or adult bars, but they still want like space and time to meet socially. And so on Valentine's Day of 1944, the first teen club opened in what was described as the old Grand Park School Building organized by the YMCA. In March of 1944, Jean Henson and Dick Burton of Tech High School proposed a teen tavern to Atlanta's Junior Chamber of Commerce. Now, the students wanted to make their own rules, set their own policies, and operate on Fridays and Saturdays from 7.30 to 11.30. Now, soon after that, Commercial High School explored starting their own, but they lacked a space. So 15 members of the Junior Chamber of Commerce formed like a scouting committee. And the goal is to try to open up a club for all area high school students. 
Lots of local civic organizations were interested in funding or sponsoring these places, and that's because it was very much seen as a solution to issues of juvenile delinquency um, or teens getting into things that they, you know, weren't socially acceptably supposed to be doing. Um, and, see, and so especially the ones I'm going to talk about in this episode are all funded by an organization. By October of 1944, Decatur teens had set up a teenage nightclub in the rec center, The next month, East Point got Teen Town, and Teen Town operated every Saturday night out of the East Point Elks Lodge Gymnasium. By December, the Atlanta Lions Teenage Tavern opened in the Atlanta Boys Club space on Pryor Street with a dance floor, auditorium, roof garden, a skating area, shuffleboard, a bright red Coca-Cola room. By the way, all of these places were obsessed with Coca-Cola. And it was open to all of Atlanta's white teenagers. And that's very evident because in their opening gala consisted of a minstrel show. A space for Atlanta's black teenagers didn't open until January of 1945, and that was at the USO Servicemen's Center on West Hunter Street. The Teenage Canteen, as it was called, was sponsored jointly by the USO and the Butler Street YMCA. They kicked off festivities with two hours of dancing to a local orchestra, then they put on a skit which apparently the plot of it was teens starting a club. Um, And then they did like a talent show of sorts. There was um, instruments playing and some singing, and they wrapped it all up with a lecture. Soon after, teenage canteens opened at the Butler Street YMCA and then uh, some kind of community or rec center that was in South Atlanta. There was also a push to organize teen clubs for Atlanta's white housing projects. So Capitol Homes um, opened what was called the Beehive in 1945, and the kids named it this because, quote unquote, no drones allowed. And it really came because of the efforts of Ed Cook, who was president of the school board and the director of recreation for the housing projects. They would use the Capitol Homes Youth Center space, and they opened Saturday nights for dancing, drinking Cokes, playing ping pong, and eating candy. In February of 1945, another teen tavern opened named Teji Kobo. This is my guess. It's like T-E-G-I-C-O-B-O. And I'm going to explain why in a second. So it was sponsored by the PTAs of Tech High, Girls High, Commercial High, and Boys High. So they took the first two letters of each of those and made a word. And it became one of the largest and most popular teen clubs at the time with over 450 members by the end of 1945. Originally, it was held in the Grady High School gym, and then it moved to the YMCA by October of 1946. Now, they did require a membership card to enter, as well as 10 cents admission. In December of that same year, Murphy Junior High opened Toontown, and by 1946, there was Corny Corner in Grant Park, and Dean Taverns in East Lake, Inman Middle, um, Clarkston, and Druid Hills. In January of 1950, a teen tavern opened at the Fox Theater under the sponsorship of the 660 Club. Open every Friday from 8.30 p.m. to midnight. They charged 50 cents admission, and they had DJ Freddie Miller conducting a live radio show. By the end of April, they were attracting 250 teens every week, which is a lot. In 1952, the Bass High Teen Tavern opened at 326 Moreland. So if you're familiar with Moreland and Little Five Points, there's like a huge mansion facing the street that I've always been curious about. Turns out it was purchased by the Atlanta Board of Education 
1949 as a community center. And so then the following year, the Teen Tavern opens there with at least three or 400 parents and children at the opening gala. The Tiger Club opened in 1954 for students of Northside High School. Um, so this is, there's a man named Charles Murphin, I think his name was, leased what was called the Biltmore House, not the Biltmore Hotel, but the Biltmore House at West Paces and Northside Drive to provide this space for teens. Now that was actually open almost every single day. They would open on school days from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, and then Fridays and Saturdays. And they charge students a dollar a month to be members. Mentions of teen taverns went through the 1950s and up until like 1960, 1961. But that original idea and intent faded just a little bit. By the mid-1960s, you see larger kind of privately owned business operated teen clubs. Um, places like the Hullabaloo, Electric Eye, Stingray, something called The Spot. And the Hullabaloo was actually funny. Um, the first club opened in 1965 in Connecticut, and then it became like a national chain. And so the one in Decatur, um, I can't remember what it's on, but the one in Decatur opened in 1967. And the idea that made them a little different with these clubs was you just had to be under 21. So it wasn't associated with high school or middle school specifically. It was just a underage club. So there you have it, the story of Atlanta's teen taverns. Thank you everyone for listening. Remember to leave a rating or a review wherever you listen to the podcast. I hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week.